So I'm really excited about this topic, um, mostly because I don't really drink. You know, this is something that I've really struggled with. You know, we had like a recent holiday party here, like a Christmas party at our office, and I didn't even go. I it wasn't, I wasn't excited about hanging around and cheersing people with my my cup of water. So I just bailed <laughs> completely. Well, it's kind of a great segue into things because a big thing to break bread with those around you is to bond over a drink, and so that's kind of what makes everything a little difficult because um, it is such a huge culture that. You know, if you can drink together, you can laugh together, you can trust each other. Um, you have like mutually assured destruction on each other, so to speak. <laughs> That's a really funny way of putting it. This is Claire. About a year and a half ago, she graduated from her college's Air Force ROTC program and is now active duty in the U.S. Air Force. When she first joined the military track, she quickly learned it was easy to get on with her fellow recruits, at least partly thanks to one thing, alcohol. It flowed freely out of uniform events where she could mingle regardless of rank or gender. But now that she's given up drinking, a central part of that machismo culture of any military branch, she's not quite sure what's going to happen next. Hello and welcome to Man Up. I'm your host, Eamon Ismail. On this show, we crack questions big and small about manhood. This week, an Air Force officer learns to bond with men in her company without having to outdrink them. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So Claire made most of her friends on base over a drink. I've never been in the military, but I can relate a little bit. I've been in big organizations where I had a lot less power than other people, and boozy events helped break down those barriers. A lot of us have experienced this at the workplace, right? But what happens when you're used to that crutch and then decide that you have to give it up altogether? especially when drinking bravado defines the culture. So tell me about the moment that you decided that you didn't want to drink. Like, what's your, what's your reasons <laughs> for that? Um, initially, it started kind of as like a health fitness goal, I suppose. Mm. But what really like made me quit is I realized that I was looking more forward to the alcohol at events and the drinking and drinking with people specifically than I was the event itself yeah. or um, I would go to concerts or events or museums and we would drink a lot and I'd kind of wake up the next morning and kind of realize that I don't I kind of missed what I was supposed to be there for because we were having so much fun drinking and paying attention to that. And I think the big thing for me, like the day I decided like, okay, this, something's really got to change is when, um, there was sort of a going away party for me as I was getting ready to move. Mm. And I was going to catch a flight the next day to go, um, take care of some stuff before I completely moved. And my friends convinced me to stay out so late and I was very, very intoxicated and I almost missed my flight. Like I woke up 
45 minutes to spare before my flight took off and I still hadn't packed or anything yet either. And so I was like rushing through the airport crazy, like probably still a little drunk, a little hungover, just that awful stage. And I was on the airplane in the tiny little bathroom, like throwing up, telling myself like, hell no, I can't do this anymore. That sucks. It did. I did make the flight though. There, there was a happy ending for that. Yeah. And I, on that flight, I was like, all right, I'm done drinking. Like I got to <laughs> quit. And then as soon as I showed up to my friend's house, he was like, Hey, I got your favorite beer. It's in the fridge. And yeah, fast forward a few more months and then I stopped <laughs> drinking. <laughs> <laughs> he got you with the favorite beer. Um, <laughs> I know. So I've never served. I've never been in, in any kind of military. Um, I think maybe the closest experience that I've had to that kind of environment is working on set on like a movie set. And there's like that hierarchy, right? There's like the director, the grips, the, the, you know, like the, and I was like the lowest of the low. I was a PA as just a straight up production assistant. So I'm taking orders, I'm rushing around and you know, I didn't really feel like I got to see other people on set eye to eye because of that hierarchy until we were like having dinner with each other or we were doing like something else offset. Mm-hmm. How do you get along with uh, people in your unit or people outside of that? You know, going out to eat, um, going to movies, kind of spending time that helps, but it wouldn't really till I kind of stopped drinking that I realized how much of a main course the drinks are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's difficult about socializing with them without drinking? Um, it hasn't been too difficult yet because, um, I'm still in the same place as I was when I was drinking. Mm -hmm. So they've known me in like both scenarios. Like I already kind of broke those walls down and got my in, Mm. but oftentimes that's kind of how you do the icebreakers or like, that's how you bond after a hard, um, a hard day or something. We'll all just go out and like get a drink or something. Mm. I'm just worried about when I have to uh, move to a new unit, um, to a new base, how to, you know, break those walls down because mm. everyone gets a little social anxiety, you know. Um, so it's just easier to bond over like the prescribed like, oh, let's just go out for a drink, fill in the blank right there, you know. Yeah. So I'm more worried about when I move and change units in a new place where I know absolutely no one as opposed to here where I already knew people after I decided to stop drinking. Uh like, what are you afraid of? Like, what could go wrong? I don't think anything bad can come from not drinking. However, I think it's going to put me in a, like, outside of my comfort zone when it comes to how I, like, manage my social life and expectations of other people. And it's going to make me kind of reevaluate what I actually enjoy, what I actually want to do, um, how I interact with other people. Like, if they're drinking, you know, is it going to, actually bother me do I want to put myself in that situation it's just going to cause me to like reevaluate some things that I'm just so used to and it's going to be in an environment that I have never been in with people I don't know and while it's kind of exciting it's um definitely going to be tricky I think so after talking with Claire I kept thinking about something What is it about really male environments that lends itself to this kind of intense drinking? And what happens if you break that code, especially as the odd woman out? So I talked to Claire again about it. Can you just explain to me a little bit more um, 
Like, do you feel any kind of pressure to be one of the guys? Um, absolutely. Yeah. So something I've noticed is how guys treat other girls that are very girly and um, really feminine and stuff like that. It's like they kind of go stupid and they forget how to talk to girls and they forget that that's like a coworker and one of their like sister in arms, so to speak. And girls kind of have to be extra tough and extra like, I don't know, thick skinned to mm. make sure that they have that respect. So I wonder how much of that influences your choices? Like, does this factor into how, whether, whether or not you wanted to quit drinking? Um, kind of, um, what the guys do socially isn't really held against them professionally as it is with women. Now that's not completely true. If you do something like if a guy does something like terrible, like obviously that's, you know, going to be brought up, but, um, just typically with the behavior, especially if there's drinking involved, the guys can go out and party and act like total morons and be ridiculous. <laughs> but like if a girl does that, that's going to carry over into the next work day where that's what they're going to remember about her. Um, now, I mean, it is kind of important to have that trust and that vulnerability with your with your guys and stuff, whether they actually be male or female. Um, but it's just sort of a double standard that you see in a lot of areas of work and life where what the female does is just completely held under a microscope and heightened, whereas whatever the guy does isn't as um, questioned, I suppose. So it sounds like... If anything, the fact that you are a woman meant to you that you couldn't drink as socially as some of the other guys in your company. It's a weird fine line between having to be able to outdrink them all and win their respect in that sense, but still be able to lock it up. It's like we have to be 200% <laughs> in every single aspect that we present ourselves as, whereas they can get by with a measly like 50%, 75%. Oh, but I think something that really does impact it too is that the guys get very broy and vulnerable when they're drinking, um, which is something that I think men still have a lot of trouble with is opening up and being vulnerable. And they can do that, you know, if they've been drinking, that's a great excuse. And mm. I don't know, for women, I think we're just sort of used to being a little vulnerable with ourselves, but we can't really do that with the guys until we really, really trust them and they trust us. We're going to take a quick break, but right when we come back, Claire and I are going to hear from a military vet about her much more extreme experience with this and what she wishes she knew when she was still active duty. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I've been sober for almost, well, it's three and a half years. And, um, you know, all the stuff that, that Claire's talking about, man, like, I, I had that fear of missing out, you know, I, I had a whole lot of fear, you know, when I quit drinking, like, how am I ever going to be fun again? How am I ever going to be in a relationship again? How am I ever going to be intimate with a, with a partner again? Like all of these things that I just didn't 
know how to do without alcohol because I was an alcoholic and that's how I lived my life. That's Heather King. She'd always been a heavy drinker, partying with the other kids in high school and drinking with her older brother. And after she enlisted, she found even more reason to drink. As one of the only girls in her company, she felt like she had something to prove. She later wrote in a New York Times essay that that impulse nearly killed her. When I talked to her, Claire was on the line too. So yeah, the first point I really want to try and unpack is, because I thought you put it very well in your essay, you wrote... Uh, that you wore your ability to outdrink others as a badge of honor. What, what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. Those guys were not going to outdrink me. They may be able to lift tires more. They may be, I mean, they could run circles around me on the flight line as far as like what they could lift and changing tires and changing brakes and all that stuff. And that's fine. But when it came to like going out, I was going to hold I was going to hold my weight in one way or another because I felt like I had so much to prove. I wanted that camaraderie. I wanted like I wanted all the things that I was taught that the military would offer me. And 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 I wanted that closeness and I wanted to feel like these people had my back and I I didn't know any other way to get it other than I was going to outdrink them. I was going to be like the baddest mofo girl that they knew, you know, and I was, I was already a tomboy. So obviously like that, you know, helped. Could you, could you paint that picture for me though? Uh, like what did it look like when you were like out with these guys and out drinking them? Yeah, I was actually in tech school and there was this guy that I was, I was infatuated with and, uh, <laughs> he wanted to go shot for shot. And I was like, all right, let's go. So we went through a bottle of Southern Comfort, and then uh, there was nothing left, and we were both standing. And, um, and so somebody brought out a thing of blackberry brandy. The smell of it is, is I can still smell it. Oh, man. I took a shot. He took a shot. I took another one. And that was, that was it. I was done. I could not put any more alcohol in my body. I, I, um, I was pretty sure I had alcohol poisoning, which wouldn't have been the first time. Mm. And uh, I ended up getting carried to another person's room, stripped absolutely naked, oh, no. and put in a shower where they just ran cold water on me for God knows how long while I threw up in the shower. And that was like for hours. And you would think, you would think that that would be enough for me to say, I'm done. But nope. I woke up at four o'clock in the afternoon the next day, knocked on his door and said, let's go. And we drank beers, you know, the rest of the rest of the night. Mm. Do you recognize where Claire's coming from? Yeah. Um, I, I've been where she's coming from. Um, I did not get sober while I was in the military, mm. not drinking around my peers was never like, it was just never an option. Mm -hmm. I worked on the flight line and I was the only female for the longest time. And so, you know, I was going to be damned if the, if I was ever going to be the, you know, the first one out. Um, and I was never, you know, those guys could call me, you know, a lot of things and they did cause I was a girl. And, um, let me just be very, very clear. The military is so very different today than it was when I came in. I came in prior to 9-11, but I was never going to be that girl. 
I was never going to be the girl that couldn't carry her weight. I was never going to be the girl that wasn't tough enough to be around the guys. I was never going to be all of those things. I was never going to be, they could never call me weak. Mm. And so for me, um, you know, that meant I went out, I got drunk with the guys. It's, it's funny because all the people that I used to drink with, a lot of them don't drink anymore. And we've, we've all kind of had that, that retrospect of, you know, how things could have been different um, had we not been drinking. Do you think that had more to do with the fact that this was such a male-dominated field? Or is this just what partying with other military folks looks like? Well, I think it's, I, I think it's yes to both, hmm. right? I think it's yes to both because when I came on the flight line, so this is 2001, and, um, and, and guys were not, you know, so, so keen on having females there. And it's, it's kind of the same argument that you hear now about, you know, women in, in combat roles. It's, it's the same crap, uh, the same mentality. And um, so you have that. And if you're rebellious and insecure and, you know, all the things that, that I was as a 19-year-old girl, you look for any way to, to bond with people, you know? And, uh, and so that was that. As far as the military as a culture, the layer that comes there is it's so, it's so complicated because, you know, you drink when somebody has a baby. You drink when somebody dies. You drink when, when you lose somebody. You drink, I mean, you, you just, you drink. Like, that is, that is the coping mechanism, right? And, I, and I'm, I'm sorry, I think of all the, all the funerals that I've gone to and we've, you know, gotten drunk before and after and, and in, the, in that person's name. And you do it because there is no real time to cope. Mm. And so the easiest way is, hey, drink a beer, suck it down, let's go. Wow. It resonates. Yeah. How does it resonate, Claire? So much of it. I'm afraid that if we're speaking the same language, that a lot of what she was drinking to forget is the reason I was drinking to forget. Mm. Stuff like that. Um, not necessarily military-related, but um, it's it's resonating. And I've realized now that like I don't blame the military for my drinking, but it definitely provided the perfect environment for me to hide amongst all the other heavy drinkers. Mm. And it provided basically the culture where my heavy drinking was just seen as like regular drinking until it wasn't. And that's different because out in like the real world, when I come home with family and stuff, it is incomparable. Like she was talking about being able to just like out drink anybody. Yeah. I wore that with a badge of honor too. <laughs> like <laughs> I would drink the blackest, like most stout beers I would have multiple and be fine and I could just go for it and yeah like with the guys like that forged a bond like because you don't want to be the girl that's like um like all over the guys or the one that's too prudish or to this to that whatever so you can bond by becoming one of them and if they're mm -hmm. all bonding by drinking so are you and that is your option so could you talk a little bit about what you lose when you don't drink with other guys in your in the Air Force? It makes it really easy for them to form their opinions on you and still see you as 
sometimes less, whether it's them doing it on purpose or not. Um, if you can't keep up with them, if you can't, you know, spar back and forth with them on it, mm. all that sort of stuff, it can kind of put you in a situation where you have to prove yourself and you have to keep up with them and you have to make sure that they know that you have their back and you're not going to be like, like she was saying, that girl, mm. you know, you're not going to be the, um, like I, you know, I mentioned I was an officer too. Like, I'm not going to be like that bitchy leader. That's just barking out orders and stuff like, Oh, I can, I'm cool. I can hang stuff yeah. like that. It's, um, just a way to kind of break down those walls and show people like who you are, take care of each other. And I don't know. It's just, it kind of humanizes people in a sense, but also can really screw up perceptions of people too. Yeah. Yeah. But Claire, like you are in such a, like you're in such a unique position that, you know, I wasn't in, you really have an opportunity by not drinking, like to be a more effective leader. Like I had no idea that I was a lot of fun without alcohol. Like, I thought that I was, like, dull and boring. And I'll tell you what, like, I still do Beastie Boys, Paul Revere, karaoke with or without a microphone, sober. <laughs> like, and, and you're in such a position that, like, you can be an inspiration to people and you can, people can see, like, she goes out, she has a good time, and she doesn't drink. Like, and she's still a, a, a ton of fun. That trust that, that we have with each other you know, yeah, it's easy to say that it comes from, you know, partying and drinking alcohol, and, and to, an, to an extent it does, but that trust is built on a far deeper level than alcohol. That trust is built on, you know, being there for people, being, um, you know, when your word is what you mean. Like when people know if, if Claire says this, it's going to be this way. Like that's, that's the real, real trust. You know, we buy into this idea that, you know, you can only be a battle buddy if you're, if you're getting drunk with somebody. You can only be, you know, a good NCO if, if, or a good leader if you take everybody out to drink and, and buy shots for everybody on the first round at a ball or whatever. You can only be, yeah. you can only be effective if you're, if you're drinking out of the grog bowl. Like, that's, I mean, that's just stuff that, that's stuff that we perpetuate because it's, you know, it is such a, a part of our, our culture. But if people don't stop making it a part of our culture, it's not, like, it's not going to change. And you have a chance to, 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 cha to set an example, you know, like, it's, it's freeing, it's scary, but if, if, if anything is going to change, then it has to, it has to start somewhere. And that's really what I'm finding. Everything you were saying about having that opportunity to lead and set an example, like I was so scared of what would happen when I stopped drinking, but that's really what I'm finding is that people are kind of opening yeah. up to me like, well, you know, how did you do it? Maybe I should do it. Stuff like that. And, you know, you saying grog bowl made my eye twitch. Um, <laughs> it's such a rite of passage, but it's good oh, it's to so know gross. that I'm providing myself more credibility as well. And people are able to come to me with these sorts of things too. Yeah, I mean, and you're, like, you're on the right track, and you, I mean, it's it's easy to get caught up in what will people think, but at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, the people that are going to, the people 
people are going to trust you more when they see you sticking to your values than they would seeing you out drinking with the guys. Now that I'm not drinking, so many people come up to me, like you were saying, and they ask me, Heather, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? And, and that, like, I would much rather have people asking me, how do I stay sober, than people that are like, hey, let's go to the bar. Absolutely. It's just not fulfilling anymore. <laughs> so it seems like Claire's challenge is trying to get over that belief that she needs to drink with her unit to get along. And, um, yeah, I think there's something, I think there's, I, I, I kind of understand where she's coming from. Like you almost want to feel like they see you as just one of the guys and that you can just fit in perfectly. Do you have any strategies, uh, that you can share with her and like how to maybe feel more comfortable being sober on base? Yeah, I've got, I mean, I've got two. One of them is a lot harder than the other. Uh, so I'll finish with that one. <laughs> um, my first one is like, if I'm going, if I'm going to a setting, like I went to Tampa this summer and uh, to see my best friend who she was uh, military police and um, we went to, to brunch and they had drinks and I had mojitos like, or no hitos. Uh, which is a, my was one of my favorite drinks. Um, it's a mojito, but with no alcohol. And then, like, they stopped drinking and were like, ooh, let's see what else we can get non-alcoholic. And, like, we just kept challenging the bartender to, like, make us non-alcoholic drinks. And it was, like, it was fun. Um, so that's one, that's one of the things that I do is I try to go and have, you know, mocktails. Um, and because if people, if people at least see a drink in your hand, they usually don't ask. Um, and then the second piece is it's a lot, it's a lot harder. Um, but it comes with, with being comfortable and at peace with who you are when, when you can find that level of peace and know who you are, you can go anywhere and you can do anything and you can be around anybody because you know that like, it's not, you're not what you say you are, you're what you do. You know what I'm saying? I learned to say no. If I, if I don't want to go somewhere, like uh, you were saying you, you didn't go to your, your work party. If I don't want to go somewhere, I don't. Like, and that's the biggest yep. thing for me. Like, it's so, it's so freeing to tell somebody, nah, I don't. And then they, why? Because I don't, I don't want to. Like, when you can tell somebody no, there's it's so, so much liberating. Freedom. It is. like It's my new favorite no, thing is to tell people no and to cancel plans. I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It is so, like, it feels so good. Uh, I like it, yeah. So, Claire, how do you feel? Um, you know, she said a lot of things that I just hadn't quite formulated into my thoughts yet. You know, like, I got to work through my feelings and opinions on things and mm -hmm. assign, you know, words and logic to them. And she kind of cleared a lot of stuff up for me and how I see things and I feel very optimistic still and I'm excited about it and I'm sure there's so much more left mm. to be said about this topic and everything else that we just kind of hinted to and scratched the surface on yeah, um, I don't want anyone listening to this podcast to think that the military is like bad and forcing you to drink and like mm -hmm. oh you're it drives you to drink like not necessarily um, I don't think it's the military's fault per se while it can definitely be handled better it right. is improving um it's just such a intense culture 
it's like magnified yeah. in the military. And so I'm still very thankful for it. I'm not, you know, talking smack about it, um, <laughs> especially cause I'm still active duty, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm still like she was saying, if she didn't have the military to install those, like instill those values and that environment, um, she would have been a lot worse off. And I feel the exact same way that it still yeah. gives me something to strive for and stuff. And that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying it, please hit us with that good rating in your podcasting app. It's a free show, so come on. It's literally the least you could do. Also, we still need your help to figure out what we're talking about next. We're looking for folks who wouldn't mind coming on this show to explain how they too are a work in progress. So if you think that's you, call us at 805-626-8707. That's 805-MANUP07. Or you can always email us at manupatslate.com. And don't forget to make sure you're subscribed because we've got new shows every week and I'd hate for you to miss out. Man Up is hosted and written by me, Eamon Ismaili. It's produced by Cameron Drews. Our editors are Jeffrey Bloomer and Lowen Liu. Gabriel Roth is the editorial director of Slate Podcasts. June Thomas is a senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts. And we'll be back next week with more Man Up. something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details